friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-V and Toys and Ford. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always. This episode of the Man Cave Podcast is a Dan Casper Show instant replay. Segments from my radio show, the Dan Casper Show, replayed right here on the Man Cave Podcast. Enjoy. It's a victory Tuesday on the Dan Casper Show. Packers picking up the victory against the Rams last night. Bucks also picking up a big victory against the New Orleans Pelicans. It's a good day to celebrate a victory Tuesday, Wisconsin, but we're going to lead things off here chatting a little bit about uh, the Packers. Keeping their playoff hopes alive here a little bit with the victory over the Rams, 24-12. to We saw Aaron Rodgers go 22-30. of Throwing for 229 yards. One touchdown. Did have the one pick. Aaron Jones, 17 carries for 90 yards. A.J. Dillon with some tough carries, 11 uh, 11 carries for 36 yards. Did leave the game early due to uh, getting evaluated for a concussion. But we saw the return of rookie wide receiver Romeo Dobbs. And check out this breakdown in terms of uh, the wide receivers. Romeo Dobbs led the team with five catches and 55 yards on five targets. The other rookie, Christian Watson, four catches, 46 yards on six targets. 11 targets, 11 targets out of the 30 attempts from Aaron Rodgers, 11 targets went to the rookies. Those two right there. Aaron Jones also had five targets, and he's the running back, but he also had four catches for 36. A.J. Dillon, three catches for 35 yards. Randall Cobb, three catches Four thirty-two. The two guys that I think uh, at the beginning of the season that we were kind of putting a lot of stock in as being, you know, they got to be the guys to lead this team in receiving, Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon, both targeted just twice each, both with just one catch, Alan Lazard for seven, Robert Tunyon for four. So I look at this. Let's start it off with, with the offense. To me, and maybe it's just me, but to me, this was the most complete offensive performance that we have seen from the Packers all season long. I know people are going to point to that Dallas game. I was at that Dallas game. But to me, this game against the Rams watching it, it just felt like it was more of a complete, consistent performance from the offense. The Packers showed that they could move the ball in different ways, running the football, throwing the ball over the middle, play action, bootlegs, that sort of thing. They were consistently moving the football. They only punted once last night for crying out loud. So to me, it, you know, you look at the box score and it's like, well, geez, only 24 points there. How can you say that? But if you were watching the game, it just felt like this was the most consistent this offense has looked throughout the entire year. And I believe, in my opinion, I believe this is the style of offense that the Packers expected to play that fans expected to play. Like, this was the offense we expected to see earlier in the season. Balanced attack. 
you look at it. I mean, you look at the running numbers, the the rushing numbers here. Take away Aaron Rodgers' three kneel downs, kneel downs at the end of the game. Packers ran the ball 32 times. 32 times against the top five ranked defense in run defense. I know Aaron Donald not being in that lineup changes things dramatically. But still, 32 times if we take away those three kneel downs from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron threw the ball for 30 times as well. That's a balanced attack. And I felt like this was the most balanced that we have seen this Packers offense the entire year. The entire year. And a lot of talk has been about Christian Watson, the rookie wide receiver the last you know few weeks, last month. Ever since that Dallas game in November where he scored three touchdowns. That was kind of his coming out party, right? Well, he did something in last night's game that I think – you know, really showcased or just really potentially showcased the entire package of what Christian Watson can bring to his football team. If you go back to March and April leading up to the NFL draft, and and and, and we've done, you know, you, you guys know me, right? I love the NFL draft. I love scouting. I love breaking down tape and, and watching these players and, and the whole draft process. One of the things that really stood out throughout Christian Watson's draft process was not only his speed and his size and his big play ability, but his blocking ability and his willingness to go block. We saw that in the game last night. We saw that a few times. His willingness to be involved in the blocking game, whether it was a running play or he's getting down the field and and blocking for one of his teammates we saw that on full display. So this year, his rookie year, we have seen Christian Watson make big plays running down the sideline, go routes across the middle, running the football, jet sweeps, the blocking game. We're, we're seeing Green Bay really utilize his skill sets. And if they can all just kind of come together, right? It's, it's, you can make the case it hasn't been always consistent. Definitely hasn't been the case for, for Watson you know, in, in the early part of the season. But I think we are we are seeing glimpses and we're seeing parts of his game that once it all kind of molds together and everything just clicks and gels, Christian Watson is going to be a heck of a football player. He's already a heck of a football player, but the more reps and the more experience he gets, he's going to be a special football player. And then we saw Romeo Dobbs, different type of wide receiver than Christian Watson, right? Not as big, um, you know, speed-wise. He's, he's decent, not as fast as Christian Watson, but he's known for two things, route running and catching the football away from his body. We saw that last night too, especially a one play where he stuck his foot in the ground. You know, he's going one way, was able to stick his foot in the ground, change direction on a dime, catch the football away from his body from Aaron Rodgers. Dobbs and Watson. We have seen a lot of great things from these two guys in their rookie year. We've seen some down performances too, but that's to be expected from rookie wide receivers. Not everybody's going to be a Randy Moss or a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson out there. We are seeing some great things from these guys. And to see these two maybe play together for a few more years, they're different types of receivers. If you're a Packers fan, you've got to be excited about the future of those two. You have to be. And, you know, Aaron Jones, again, 17 carries, 90 yards, average of 5.3. 
He's got a ridiculous high cap hit next year. I don't know how the world the Packers cannot have him back next year. It's going to be tough with that cap hit. Maybe they can work out something contract-wise. But he just looks like when when he hits that hole, he sticks his foot in the ground and he hits that hole in that zone run scheme. You know, you got to find that hole. You, you, you see it, then you hit it. The dude looks so fast. He looks faster now than what he did a couple years ago, in my opinion. He is such a dynamic player, running the football and being involved in the passing game. Defensively, last night for the Packers, Kenny Clark set the tone early. Kenny Clark has had a down year, in my opinion. But Kenny Clark set the tone, got in the backfield, was disruptive at the line of scrimmage, was disruptive in stopping the run. Kenny Clark gets a game ball from me. He he gets a game ball because that, to me, was one of his best performances we have seen. Quay Walker, the rookie linebacker, we saw him get a sack. We saw him nearly get a pick. You know, he was making tackles all over the place. Quay Walker, he's been up and down. Rookie linebacker. There's been some that have been critical about his play this year. Been very inconsistent. But I think we saw a little bit from him and how the Packers should use him in the future. Going after the quarterback. You can drop him in coverage. He can do different things. you got to utilize that skill set. And we saw that. Preston Smith, the veteran, getting a couple more ta- uh, sacks. He's just a steady presence over there. He gets a game ball from me, too. Another rookie, Enoch Barre, Kingsley Enoch Barre, getting a sack, and he almost had a pick in the same drive. These rookies have been thrusted into a lot of playing time this year for, for the Packers, for a team that had Super Bowl aspirations this year. And they're getting valuable experience right now. Say what you want about Goody, Brian Gutekinds, Packers general manager. He he gets a lot of flack and such for some of the moves he makes or or doesn't make. This rookie class, though, looks pretty darn good so far. And we didn't even talk about Zach Tom, who got another start at left tackle. And then the other guy who gets a game, game ball from me, Keyshawn Nixon. Where in the world would this special teams group be without Keyshawn Nixon? His return ability, I really felt like, did it feel like he was going to bust one out for a touchdown last night? I mean, one of his big returns got called back because of a penalty. But he is a threat now. When was the last time the Packers had a threat at returning a punt or a kick? Maybe 2011 with Randall Cobb? The spark that he has provided for this special teams group has been a trickle-down effect, I think, throughout the entire team. You've got Aaron Rodgers even saying, I haven't had this in my 18 years. You know, a threat at returning. Maybe he forgot about his buddy Randall Cobb in 2011, but now he's like, you know, I used to think I wanted guys to, you know, kneel it down in the end zone. I want I want, I want, want Keyshawn to bring it out now. It's having That, that spark is having a trickle-down effect throughout the entire team. Big returns. Gets everybody pumped up on the sidelines. Gets special teams pumped up. Gets the offense pumped up that they get a short field. Defense makes a stop. They're getting pumped up because they know they got to kick it now to Keyshawn Nixon. The opponent does. The spark that he has provided to this team, and he's made plays on defense too, but where he's made his mark has been on special teams. He gets another game ball for me too. So the Packers' chances of making the playoffs, they improved a little bit more. But 
it gets really interesting now on Christmas Day when they got to go up against Tua, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and that speedy, explosive offense from the Miami Dolphins. We'll break down that game coming up later on in the week. But celebrate Victory Tuesday. Packers picking up a win against the Rams. A game that they definitely desperately needed to win. Otherwise, their playoff chances were probably out of there. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Bucs. Don't forget about the Bucs. I know the Bucs, you know, they got a little bit overshadowed because of the Packers last night. But the Bucs also with a big-time victory against the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll talk about that coming up next. Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Bucks picking up the W last night against the Memphis Grizzlies in a game that featured, uh, well, before tip-off, the one-seeded Bucks and the two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies. It was in Memphis. It was on the road. Bucks without Chris Middleton, but Bucks picked up the W. Giannis doing his thing, as we've come kind of accustomed to at this point in time. 42 points and 10 rebounds. 12 of 17 from the field, too. Dude also went 17 of 22 from the charity stripe last night. I'll take that. I'll take that kind of line at the free throw line for, for Giannis. 17 of 22, half of his, little over half his points. Coming from the, or no, a little bit under. Well, I was thinking about his attempts there. Oops. That's why math and me, never a good thing. But uh, shooting 77% from the charity stripe for Giannis, I would take that. I would take that. Uh, Brooke Lopez helping fill the void left by Chris Middleton, who did not play in the game last night. He had 30 points, 4 of 9 from 3, uh, 12 of 17 overall. Drew Holiday. Uh, contributing 18. It was Pat Connington coming off the bench to lead all Bucks scores coming off the bench with 11 points. The rookie Marjan Bochamp was inserted into the starting lineup. He had six points. Uh, so the Bucks picking up that 128 to 119 victory to improve to 22 and 8 overall on this season. And I look at, you know, this is that, that kind of, well, first of all, it ends there. The kind of Western Conference trip here because you go back to uh, December 7th, that game against the Kings. And since then, it's been Western Conference opponents here for the Bucks. You had the Kings, you had the Mavericks, you had Houston, you had Golden State, you had Memphis, uh, you had Utah, and now you had New Orleans. Now on Wednesday, starts a little bit of a mini Eastern Conference run here, but against the best in the East. So the Bucks are the one seed right now in the Eastern Conference. But they got Cleveland, who's third. Then they got Brooklyn, who's fourth. And then the Christmas Day game against Boston. And we talked about these are all on the road, too, for, for the Bucks, Just like last night against Memphis, all on the road. This is going to be a fun stretch. This is going to be a tough stretch here. But I'm excited for this. 
I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this December test to see how this Bucks team fares up to the rest of the best in the NBA. We had Joe Inglis making his debut last night. He played 15 minutes as well for the Bucks. He was 0 for 4 from 3. Uh, finished with zero points there, but you know, kind of getting his legs underneath him, getting the rust out, all that fun stuff. But I, I feel like though too, the Bucks, and maybe I'm just trying to be, or maybe I'm just being a little bit of a homer in this. But I also feel like the Bucks haven't 100 percent hit their stride yet. Like I haven't I, I feel like we haven't seen peak Milwaukee Bucks yet at this point in time. I mean Giannis has been doing his thing, but we haven't seen, you know, Chris Middleton he he's been a handful of games since coming back from injury, right? But I don't think yet we have seen the normal Chris Middleton that we've become accustomed to as he's coming back from that injury. Uh, Drew Holiday has missed some time due uh, due to injury or illness. You know we're getting we got the the Bucks got Joe Inglis back for or made his debut for the first time. He's going to be a three point threat for this Bucks team coming off the bench. So I mean, outside of Giannis, who is just doing his normal thing, averaging thirty one points per game and eleven point one rebounds and five point two assists, I still feel like we haven't quite seen. This Bucks team at their peak, which is a good thing. Obviously, I mean it's December. I don't necessarily want to see them at their peak right now, but the fact that they're twenty-two and eight, they're the first first seed in the Eastern Conference. They've weathered some injuries to to some of their main players, and 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 they're getting it done. They're racking up these wins. That to me is just boding well. As the season progresses, and as the season we get later on, and we get into the spring, and we get you know March and April into the postseason, then this is what's exciting about this Bucks team, in my opinion, is because they're winning these games. Giannis is doing his thing; they're dominating and such. But yet, I feel like we haven't quite seen this team put it all together yet, and it's a, a mixture of guys just missing some time. Trying to get back to their, you know, basketball shape, trying to get the rust off. But that's what makes it exciting about this team. Is that I I, I don't think we're we're close to seeing what this full Bucks team is. And again, maybe I'm just being a little bit of a homer on this. I could be. I'm not ashamed in it. But once, you know, like Joe Inglis gets the rust off of him gets into a little bit more of game shape once Chris Middleton can knock off the, the little bit of an injury bug that he's kind of got going on right now, and he gets racks up some more time, gets his legs underneath him. I mean, he's only averaging 11.1 points per game. He's only played in seven games. He's only been playing 24 minutes per game on average. Those numbers are going to go up once he gets healthy. His minutes are going to go up, and his points are going to go up too. That's what makes this Bucks team so freaking dangerous and so freaking fun as a Bucks fan. Because I don't think we're quite there yet. We're not fully there yet, and I can't wait till we we see this all clicking when they're all healthy and they're all clicking and they're 
they're in their sh- they're in game mode and they're you know and, and it's March, April, and then the postseason. This is knock on wood, nothing bad happens, no no major injuries or anything like that. But this is going to be a to me this is easily the best team in the NBA right now. No offense to Boston, Boston's going to be a major threat. I think. If we get an Eastern Conference final between Boston and Milwaukee, that's going to be a hell of a series. I think that's going to be a physical series. I think it's going to be a series that could go seven. I know Tatum was the latest, you know, rookie of the year odds on favorite, or not rookie of the year, MVP odds on favorite. Giannis was two. There was an article on ESPN late last week where they talked to some of the league execs and people around the league and, you know, asked for their votes and that. And Jason Tatum was number one, but Giannis was number two, but it was close. But I think it's clear that, you know, this Bucks team, man, the way they're playing right now, and, and you can make the case, they're not they're not close yet to, to being at their peak, or we haven't quite seen this full team yet. That's what makes this season so fun, or what's going to make this season so fun and so exciting. I mean, this team just looks like they're on a mission. And that's what has me excited, too, about this stretch of games coming up here. Big win last night against the Pelicans. A Pelicans team that's probably surprising a lot of people this year. Maybe similar to Memphis last year. But a big thing with New Orleans this year, Zion's healthy. He's been a big-time contributor. You got Ingram, who had a nice season last year for the Pelicans. He was involved in that trade with Anthony Davis a couple years ago. C.J. McCollum's over there, kind of the veteran leading the group. It's a nice team. It's a good team. A lot of talent with New Orleans. They haven't won a lot of games, so maybe they're just kind of learning to win right now. But that doesn't diminish how good of a win this was on the road for the Bucs last night against Memphis. Now we got Cleveland, we got Brooklyn, and Boston. The top four teams, when you include the Bucs on there, all on the road. This is a hell of a test for the Bucks. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to watch it. And if the Bucks pick up a couple of these dubs, a couple more dubs and go, you know, last week we said, okay, you know, looking at New Orleans, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Boston, would you be happy if you split two and two? And yeah, that the, the majority said yes. All right, you got one. Now I kind of want a couple more so you go, so you take three out of four. Hell, I would love four out of four and oh. But I'd be happy with a three and one too. Man, I cannot wait for that. Christmas is going to be so fun when you got you got Packers and Ram or uh, Packers and and the Dolphins kicking off at noon on Sunday. Then after that, it's Bucks and Celtics. Open the gifts early, get stuff taken care of before noon, and then sit back and relax for a freaking Wisconsin sports feast, man. Packers with that big game against the Dolphins. They got to win it. Dolphins have been struggling a little bit late as of late. They got to win it to keep pace or to stay in the playoff race. Those speedy wide receivers and Tua going up against this Packers defense, which is making everybody nervous, chomping their fingers. And then right after that, Bucks versus Celtics. You can't ask for a better day of Wisconsin sports on Christmas Day. You can't. Kids and adults, get up early, open the gifts from Santa, 
have a nice little breakfast, have a nice little lunch, and then sit back on the couch and enjoy your your full day of Wisconsin sports. It's going to be a hell of a day, and hopefully a good day. Hopefully a good day filled with w, filled with W's. Man, I can't wait. Countdown's on. Sunday's going to be epic. Hey, you. Just jumping in here to see if you're enjoying this episode. Well, if you are, then let us know with a positive review. If not, remember what your mother said. You don't have anything nice to say? Don't say it at all. Okay, back to the show. What's getting you upset these days? Is it Dan? Well, then keep it to yourself. If it's something else, then get it off your chest. It's Grind My Gears Tuesday. What's grinding your gears? You can get it off your chest. Get it off your chest before the holiday. You know, you don't want to go into Christmas with something that's, you know, just kind of grinding your gears here. So here's your chance. You know what's grinding my gears here? What is, what's with the fad, apparently, of lateraling the football now? I mean, we obviously, we, we saw it with the Patriots and the Raiders game, whatever the act Jacoby Myers was trying to do. And then last night, we saw Rasul Douglas do it. And that just had disaster spill, spelled all over it. When he was returning that and, you know, the uh, the Rams player was, like, holding onto his jersey, I just like, oh, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And, yeah, he did it. It just it looked like he just chucked it back there, hoping somebody would pick it up and maybe run. You lost, like, 10 yards on the play, guy. I mean, what what's with this fad about lateraling all of a sudden i know it's just been a couple and they're highlighted over this past weekend but you know with what happened in that patriots and raiders game literally cost them the game go down and play for overtime you're not going to do anything and then you get a pick deep in the rams own territory and you're gonna ladder you're just gonna i'm just gonna lollygag it well, lollygag the football about 10 yards and hope one of my guys can pick it up and maybe they've got a better chance at returning the football for a touchdown. I'm on ball security, guys. I get sometimes lateraling works. Reggie White to Leroy Butler. Touchdown. Birth of the Lambeau Leap. That's a little bit different in that circumstance. It's like, you know, I just mentioned flag football. I remember playing flag football after college. Lateraling was all over the place. You could lateral. You get a guy open, you throw it, you just run right up next to him because if he's got one defender, you can juke him out and and lateral to him, and then boom, you're off. It's not flag football, guys. It's the NFL, and there's 11 guys on defense, not just like three. Okay? Can we ease it on the lateraling? Especially in stupid situations like that. Just dumb. It's it's dumb football. Man, I couldn't believe it last night. I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing, Rasul? Luckily, it didn't turn out to be a you know, drastic thing like what happened with the Patriots and the Raiders. But good Lord. Whew. All right, that's what's grinding my gears here. I got it off my chest. I'm feeling a little bit better after that. But I'm just like, God Lord. What are we doing? 
Family-owned and operated, Toyson Ford is proud to serve the drivers of the Chippewa Valley with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the area the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand-new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts centers in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealership for all of your automotive needs. Visit them today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa. Falls. Who are you sending to the bench? Who gets the start and who's getting kicked to the curb? It's bench, start, cut on the Dan Casper Show. All right, it's the uh, holiday video or holiday movie edition of, or I should, I should say Christmas movie edition of Bench, Start, Cut. And I'm giving you three. Okay, so pretend you're you're going to grandma's house. She's got three tapes on VHS for you to choose from. To pop in the good old VHS. Okay? Or the v- VCR. See, I can't even remember what they're, what they're called anymore. VCR. Christmas Vacation, Elf, Home Alone. What do you got? Here's mine. I am... I'm going to go in a little reverse order here. I'm going to cut Elf. I'm not a big Elf fan. My wife loves the movie Elf. I'm not a big Elf fan. There's a couple of good parts in it, or a few good parts in it, a couple of good liners in there. It's not horrible. I'm just not a big Elf fan. I like Will Ferrell. Just something about that movie doesn't do it for me. Especially, it's not It's not a top three movie. It's not a top three Christmas movie for me. So, uh, I, I'm cutting Elf. Sorry. I'm benching Home Alone. I don't know why, but I've been on a Home Alone kick the last couple of years. This came out when I was a kid. I remember when it came out on on VHS, and it came with like a map. You know, like how uh, uh, Kevin has the map for all of his, um, you know, booby traps or whatever. But I've been, you know, I was a big fan as a kid. Even like Home Alone Two, I had the uh, the the recorder. That he has in Home Alone 2. I got that as a Christmas gift one year as a kid. So, But I've kind of been reliving a little nostalgia, if you will, the last couple of years. I've been watching a lot of Home Alone with my kid. And it's maybe because uh, Hutsy, the only kind of pizza he will eat is cheese pizza, just like Kevin McAllister. But, I mean, you've got you've got some comedy. You've got some, you've got some action. you got Joe Pesci in there. Home Alone is a fantastic, fantastic christmas movie but it's on my bench because nothing can go past national lampoon's christmas vacation a classic that is my start chevy chase uh cousin eddie i mean how many liners it's kind of like major league it's like the major league of christmas movies you got the liners everybody can quote it certain parts of that movie it's got drama, it's got action, it's got comedy, it's got, you know, your all the feels in it, makes you feel good. So, I'm starting National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I am benching Home Alone, and I am cutting Elf. Get Elf out of here. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast 
by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.